right, let's get into the word. I'm sure many of you have heard the story about this guy who was uh, stranded on an island, shipwrecked on an island. And he was there for about 20 years. And eventually a ship came by, sent a little boat down to rescue him. And as they came on the island, he said, well, let, let, I've been here for 20 years. Let me show you around, he said. So he took them and he said, well, this is the house that I built for myself. Then he said, this is the garden where I grow my own vegetables, a couple of fruit trees planted over there. And he said, I managed to capture a, number, a couple of wild boars and I started to raise wild pigs. And so here is the pen that they have. And then he said, that's the, that's the, the church I just built before you guys came. Right? I built this church and I worship here, right? Then they were about to go, and then one guy turned around and said, what's the other building? And he said, well, that is, when I first landed on the island, that's the first church I built. But after 20 years, I found out they were not feeding me, so I left that church and came to this church. <laughs> you know, sometimes people give all kinds of excuses. The other day, we were sitting down, Janil came back from uh, the UK and with the two kids. So we went over and we were having a meal. While we were eating, Jada, the younger one, was feeding herself. And every time she put a spoon into her mouth, I would say, Foo, so good, so clever. So we carried on a conversation and before she put the next mouth, she would call me, Grandpa, Grandpa. Then I would look at her, then she would take another spoon put into a mouth. And I would say, so clever. So she kept interrupting the conversation with Grandpa, Grandpa to show me that she could feed herself. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us very clearly that God will not feed our spiritual man. You've got to do the own feeding. It's funny, isn't it, when people have been attending church for 20 years and after 20 years still say, I'm not being fed. I mean, 20-year-old kids who do not know how to eat, now, we need to understand that God expects us to do certain things for ourselves. This morning, the message, as Pastor Stephan said, may not be very good. Jeremiah calls the message that God gives us the burden of the Lord. And so people have a very wrong understanding as to what pastors are supposed to do. Oh, they are supposed to feed me. No, 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 we are not. We are not. Listen to what Paul says. This is, this is my ministry. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. He says this, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So the responsibility of me as a minister of the gospel is to reconcile people to God. So you will hear me constantly speaking about who God is and what he desires of us. Because listen, at the end of the day, we will have to stand, as what we heard last Sunday, and give an account of ourselves before God. 
We're not going to stand before other people. We're going to stand before God. At a very young age, when I was first as, as a believer, when I went into Bible school and, you know, I saw the whole establishment of Christianity, the, the whole setup, the, uh, the governmental uh, leaders and everything else. And sometimes I saw the way people treated one another and leaders treating other people. And I thought, don't people understand as a young believer that we all have to give an account before God? Come on, amen? See, we will all stand before God. So this morning, I want to talk about winning God's heart. I, I just looked up something funny. Ten ways to win a girl's heart. Any of the guys listening? All right, here it is. Number one, be pursuant. In other words, pursue her without becoming a stalker. Be a gentleman. Girls want to be treated, don't want to be treated like queens. They want to be treated like princesses. Be competitive. Be creative. Be intentional. Speak well of her in front of other people. Number seven, be attentive. <laughs> Number eight, be protective. Number nine, be a good listener. Number 10, be romantic. If we apply all these things to our relationship with God, I think we've got a good thing going. Winning God's heart. In 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 22, he writes and he says, we receive these things from God, answers to prayer, because we do those things that please Him. So answered prayer is actually dependent upon whether I please God or not. Jesus said this, listen, he said this in John chapter 8 and verse 29. He says, he who has, spent, he, he who has sent me will not leave me alone. The Father has not left me alone because, see there, there's a reason. Why does the Father not leave me alone? Because I do those things that please him. So sometimes, you know, when I, when I come into this, I begin to ask myself, people sometimes don't understand God and as a result of which, uh, we live a very frivolous life. Now, how did David begin to become a man after God's own heart? He was a man who was not very good even as a father. He had seven wives. How many of you know that little phrase? As I was going to say knives, I met a man with seven wives. How many of you know that? Don't know, huh? So anyway, David was not going to say knives, but he had seven wives. And uh, he was not a very good father to his children as well. But uh, the point is, and he did a lot of things that were wrong, but he was called a man after God's own heart. Listen to how uh, the Bible describes him. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 1, it says this, Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. Isn't that something? The man who was raised up, who did not raise himself up, but he was raised up, he was anointed, and he became a tremendous worshiper of God. Now, what I want to do is focus on two verses that kind of explains David's, David's life. Psalm 145, verse 1 and verse 2. Let's look at these two verses. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. 
He understood that there was one thing that really touched the heart of God. And that was praise. And he praised God so continually. In fact, David, when he became king, the first thing he did was he established a 24-hour choir to sing to God. They took turns to worship God. And that's why David was called a man after God's own heart. He understood that praise was so important. So he established it. 24 hours, you know, more than a thousand people would be singing to God. Now, the moment Solomon came into play, he said, oh, these guys are doing nothing but just praising God. It's a waste of time. So you can tell that the generation began to deteriorate when praise was removed. Solomon took them and said, you guys are just praising God. It's a waste of time. Let's get involved in other things that you guys could do. You know, so he planted vineyards. He had an army. He had all these wonderful things. And that was the beginning of the downfall of the nation of Israel. So when I begin to praise God, because it, it tells us clearly, David is the one who said that God lives in the praises of his people. So a few things. Number one, I'd like to suggest to you that praise, first of all, involves an intelligent, uh, intentional allegiance. Intentional allegiance. I will extol you, my God and King. Okay. Let me get to, to a very difficult question. Do I believe in God? That is something you've got to honestly ask yourself. If I do believe in God... Is there any evidence in my life to show that I am really a God-fearing man? The kind of life that I live. See, the problem is, now, let me say this very clearly. Western theology has weakened the church. The reason why I say Western theology, because you will not find this kind of theology in places in the East, their theology is pretty much, you know, uh, uh, I mean, it's good, it's solid, all right? And the way they understand God is different from the idea that we have in the West. So what happens is people use the word Abba. God is our Abba. So the word they say means daddy. So God is my daddy, and he is my daddy God, kind of thing, my father. And they teach, you know, the Lord's Prayer is our Father, our Daddy. Now, let me just correct that. The word Father or Abba Father is actually the heart cry of the one who is in charge of an entire tribe. Like Abraham became the father of many nations. It is not Daddy-O. So because of our misunderstanding of this, and then when Jesus thought the prayer, our Father, he didn't say, when you pray, say, our Father, give us this day our daily bread. Did he? How did he start the prayer? Our Father, who rules in the heavenlies, who is the ruler of all things, creator of all things, our Father, who art in heaven. It's not his postal address. It is his absolute Sovereignty, his, uh, he, his Godhead, in other words, being revealed. Who are in heaven, come on, what else? Hallowed be your name. Then your kingdom come. 
So the first thing is to understand that God is not your daddy -o. He is the supreme God over the entire world. He is God, our heavenly father, yes. It's true. He is our father, a loving, heavenly father. Not just a loving father, but a loving, heavenly father. He, all through the Bible, from the beginning until the end, God has always revealed himself as the king. The Jews do not know of anything else except God coming into this world and ruling this world in his kingdom. They understand that. They are waiting for the king to come. Come on, amen. And, and we miss this. And because of our, uh, when we have a wrong theology, don't be afraid of the word theology. Theology simply means an understanding, a knowledge, a revelation of God. Because we have a wrong theology, the church has become weak. Daniel chapter 11 says this, that those who know the Lord shall be strong and they shall do exploits. They will be able to accomplish everything, but before they accomplish everything, they shall be strong. Now, when we look at the church today, it is not strong. The slightest thing that happens, people start getting worried and they're talking about the second coming of Christ. They're talking about rapture. They all want to escape this world, which means that we are not strong enough to withstand anything that happens in our world. So we need to understand who our God is, get to know Him, not just as a mamby-pamby kind of God. Because we treat Him as such, we don't acknowledge Him in all our ways. Come on, church, this is a wake-up call. Is God really God? Do we really believe in a God, number one? Number two, do we really believe in this God whom we are talking about? Does my life show any evidence of it at all? Do I acknowledge Him? Do I pray? Because we, we treat Him so, you know, what God has, what the church has done traditionally is to make Jesus an idol in the church. Just like in the temple. So we come on a Sunday morning, we worship Him in the temple, then we leave Him here and we go back and He's forgotten. And we come back once a week or once in three weeks or as they say, submarine Christians only on Easter and Christmas. I know you don't like the word, but this is the fact. Is God God? God himself said this. He asked Elijah to tell the people, if God is God, serve him. If he's not, then forget about him. And it looks like most of the time, people just forget about him. There's no thought of God. There's no reverence of God. There's no sense of his presence upon our lives. Church, he is not just God. He is the king. And I must understand this. There must be an intentional allegiance towards Him. I acknowledge that He is my King. When I worship Him, I'm worshiping the King of glory. My Creator, my Savior, my Redeemer. He is wonderful. Everything about Him is great. It's good. All that we've been hearing about God is amen. He is my healer. You're my healer. You're my way maker. All these things are true. But understand that behind it, he is the king. And expects where the word of the king is, there is power. And he demands absolute obedience, submission to him. That's sad, isn't it? So David begins to say, you know, I mean, we need to think about this. I want you, like I said, every Sunday morning when I come, uh, my... My responsibility is so that you might get back to God and understand who He is. 
So David begins to say this, I will extol you. The word extol means to praise enthusiastically. Listen, if you want to have a greater sense of the presence of God, get involved with what you are saying and singing. Get involved with the song. Understand what you are doing when you are singing and worshiping God. And you will find your spirit begin to soar. In fact, I want to entitle this message, Restoring a Soaring Heart. So that your hearts can soar like eagles and not be uh, pulled by the you know, gravitational pull of circumstances. That you might soar above it, break free. That's what God has called us to do. And sometimes we allow all these things to, if you forget the entire message, just remember this one thing. Get back to God. The God that the Bible declares him to be, not the God that we make him out to be or what tradition has got him to be. We have weakened God, we have weakened our theology, and we have a weak church. If we are to be strong, we must know our God. And that's what the word says. If you know God, listen, this was spoken by a man who was a slave who became prime minister, Daniel. Under four different invasions, he was still prime minister. Why? Because three times a day, he determined he was going to seek God. Come on, amen. Now listen, this is David, man. He's king. When he wrote this psalm, this is Psalm 145. He had already become king. And yet he goes, I will extol my God and king. I may be king of this people, but God is truly the king. And because I reign under this king, I shall reign well in this life. And after that, every other king that came, they measured that king by the way of David. This king did this, 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 but did not walk in the ways of David. David walked in terrible ways, but you're talking about the main thing of David's heart. He pleased God. He understood that God was who he was. I will praise God enthusiastically. Notice it was very intentional, King James Version. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name. He determined personally whether anybody joins me or not. Makes no difference. I will praise the Lord. I don't look around to see people raise their hands before I raise my hands. I will raise my hands. I will clap my hands. I will shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. I will clap my hands because the word declares, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of praise. Come on, church. Don't get angry with me. <laughs> but this is something, this is the burden of the Lord. Like I said, Jeremiah's cry is my cry. The burden of the Lord. I will praise God enthusiastically. Praise involves, secondly, an intelligent appreciation. An intelligent appreciation. It's strange that many people don't know how to pray. Whether they pray or not is secondary. But they don't know how to pray. They are confused when they pray. If you were to be called upon suddenly to lead in prayer, would you do it or would you say, no, 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 let somebody else do it? You know why? Because if you don't practice it constantly, you will be afraid to speak it when it, when it comes to the, rea the real deal. Come on now. Look into your heart. I was very, very blessed by Pastor Stefan last Sunday morning. Very clear message to all our hearts. 
We need to be very clear because this is not a time where we come to hear speeches. We have come to hear what God wants us to understand. He loves us. He wants us to understand who he is. And when we pray, we need to know how we pray. I don't know whether we have the video or not. Here, here is how some people pray. It's more like Homer Simpson. Can we turn the spot off then we can put this on? Homie, I can't talk. Praying. Dear Lord, the gods have been good to me and I am thankful. For the first time in my life, everything is absolutely perfect just the way it is. So here's the deal. You freeze everything as it is and I won't ask for anything more. If that is okay, please give me absolutely no sign. Okay, deal. In gratitude, I present you this offering of cookies and milk. If you want me to eat them for you, give me no sign. That will be done. <laughs> oh, Simpson. Bless me. Bless me, God. Bless my ways. We, we don't have a clue as to who God really is. We need to understand. David said, I will bless your name forever. Jesus Hallowed be your name. On Omah is the Hebrew, which means your authority, your character. When we talk about the name, we are talking about his deeds, his revealed attributes. Do you know that God's name reveals his heart's desire for us? Like I said, you meet people sometimes, you know, they go, you know who you're talking to or not? <laughs> <laughs> they, want, they want to be regular. Do, do you know who you're talking to or not? You don't know who I am, huh? God doesn't go like that. That's not what God is doing. Like I said, God does not need a name. But why does he give a name to himself? To let us know his desire to bless us. When he says, I am Jehovah Jireh, what's he saying? I want to be your provider. I am Jehovah Rapha. I want to be your healer. Come on. Huh? I, 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 I'm Jehovah Nisi, which means that I want to be your banner of love. As Song of Solomon says, he brought me into his banqueting house and the banner over me is love. I, I want you to know me and that's why I give you my name. His name shall be called Jesus because he shall save, deliver his people from all their sin. He doesn't need a name. God's not going up there saying, come on, what's my name? What's my name? Tell me, what's my name? God doesn't need that. He is almighty God. He is self-sufficient. But the reason he reveals his name, that's why church, it is so imperative that you begin to start reading your Bibles. You cannot know him outside of his revealed self. Now, like I said before, in the beginning, Jesus was not the son of God. In the beginning was the word. That was who he was. And the word became flesh. And we know him as the son of God. But the word has always been the word. Jesus is the word. And the more we get into the word, which is Jesus revealing himself through letters, the more we can understand him and know his heart. Come on, amen. And then we appreciate him so much. That's why our worship to him 
must be rich. I'm not talking about the songs that we sing, which can be a little bit weak, but our hearts must be rich, filled with appreciation for who He is. Come on, amen. This is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. I mean, we, we can sing it as a song, but when you understand that's actually His revelation to us that He is my healer. He is my way maker. God, that is who you are. Why does Keith sing it again, 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 again? That is who you are. Well, what's this? Man? Come on. I've sang that about 25 times. <laughs> that is who you are. That, why? Because that is who He is. And until it sings inside of us, we will not understand intelligent appreciation. David had another word that he uses, I will bless the Lord. Very often blessing is associated with praise, but not always so. Listen, Psalm 145 verse 10. All your works shall praise you, all right, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. So I, I, we, we finish our worship, we say, well, the worship leaders did wonderful. We, we praise them. An artist does a good job. We praise the artist's work. The wife does a good job cooking. We say, well, that meal was fantastic. But very often we don't bless the people that did this. You're following with me? We praise him for all the good things he did. But to bless someone is to go a little further. God gives us the privilege of blessing him. Come on, amen. Oh God, I bless you. It means to make somebody happy. It means to, to uh, cause the person's heart to become uh, uh, lifted up with joy. Oh, bless you. That's why every Sunday morning we end with the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause His face to shine. It's the blessing of the Lord that overflows. Come on, amen. Last of all, praise must have the fire of inexhaustible adoration. The fire of inexhaustible adoration. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. You know, we have heard the saying forever and a day. He's saying, no, 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 forever and ever, every day, for all eternity. And if there are four eternities, I'll praise you through it, and I need more eternities. I will just continually praise you. I want my heart to be filled with praise for you always. Paul picked it up, and Paul said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Pastor, what is God's will for my life? I don't know. Start with the simple things. Huh? In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God. See, how do I know the will of God? Read your Bible. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is an acceptable, perfect will of God. Come on, amen. God's will is revealed. It's not something we got to go seek very hard. If I keep doing what He already tells me to do, then it's very easy for, for me to listen to other things that he wants me to do. I start with the simple things in life. That's how I began. As in my Christian life, whatever I read, when it says I will give thanks, I would just give thanks. 
Things go bad, I'll say, God, I know it didn't come from you, or whether it came from you, I don't know, but I will just praise you. Thank you, Lord, you are still with me. In spite of all that we go through, in spite of all the, the, the nonsense that's coming through our lives, Lord, I will still thank you. Because you are still in charge of my life. You will never give up on me. Come on. I want my life to be a life pleasing to God. How about you? We want answered prayer. We want the presence of God to be with us always. Very simple. John said, it comes because we pray. And, and, and we do those things that please Him. I get my prayers answered. Jesus said, he will never leave me because I always do those things that please him. Simple. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His whole life is describing these two things. What is David doing all of the time? I am blessing the Lord. I am praising the Lord. Come on, amen. Listen, church. Don't get fooled by the little cliches you heard. Sometimes people say things like, I don't need to understand anything. All I need to understand is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's it. My whole life is based on that. No, 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 no. It's more than that. That's why we have fivefold ministries to come build you up. That's why we tell you to listen. Get, get into prayer. You know, just say, all I need to know is Jesus loves me, fine. I'll just carry on my life like that. That's a weak way of living and produces weak Christians. But they that know the Lord shall be strong. You will accomplish greater things in life. Can I hear an amen? We love you. Stand. Let's worship the Lord.